Welcome back to A Work in Progress. This is your host, Brian Priest. You can find me on Twitter at bpriest24. Please jump on there. Give me some feedback. Tell me if I'm doing well. Tell me if I suck. Give me some tips. Tell me what you want to hear about. It'll be a lot of fun. Let's, let's get some interaction going on. This is episode four of A Work in Progress. Today we're going to be talking about the NBA opening night and Christmas day games. I, I've been looking at this and trying to figure out some content this week, and it's tough. We're in a little bit of a dead zone of the summer. The, the dog days of August is what they would call it in, in baseball. So I, I came up with this. The NBA has leaked their opening night games and the Christmas Day games, as I mentioned. We'll just cover those, cover the teams that are going to be involved, and i give you the predictions for each of those games. And It'll be something simple but kind of fun. So we'll start off on opening night where the Los Angeles Lakers are going to be facing the Los Angeles Clippers in the second game of opening night. Most people know if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably fully aware that the Lakers made a trade for Anthony Davis this year. They also acquired Danny Green in free agency, signed him to a two-year $30 million deal. And then they, uh, I don't know, it's kind of an island of misfit toys. They brought back Rajon Rondo. They signed DeMarcus Cousins, who I don't know if he has anything left or not. They, they brought back JaVale McGee. And just it's it's an interesting roster. I, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to be doing. My, my big question with the Lakers is who's going to play consistent defense on that team? Rajon Rondo is notorious for being an Olay defender. LeBron James is a terrific defender, but as he's progressed year by year in the league, he tends to take more and more plays off. So it's it's just going to be, I don't know, they're, they're definitely going to be a team to watch. But assuming health, LeBron should end this season third on the NBA's all-time minutes played list, trailing only Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Karl Malone. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Lakers coach Frank Vogel has stated that he plans on playing LeBron at point guard. And, and then the question is, will Anthony Davis play primarily at center or power forward? He doesn't like playing center. He's on the record as saying that. But the, the Lakers just don't have a lot of depth any, anywhere on this roster. It's, it's quite shallow. So I think he's still going to end up playing some minutes at center, but a majority of his time will probably be at power forward. As far as the Clippers go, the Clippers this offseason are battling the Nets for the best offseason. The Clippers were able to sign free agent prize Kawhi Leonard, and then they traded heaven and earth to Oklahoma City for Paul George. Heaven and earth means seven first-round picks. Shea Gilgis-Alexander out of Kentucky, who's a first-round draft pick last year, traded Danilo Gallinari as well, uh, among a few other just ancillary pieces. Paul George did have surgery on both shoulders this offseason, so he's not expected to be healthy by the start of the year, and I, I don't think he'll be participating in this game anyway. And then the, another question with the Clippers is, how is load management going to impact them with Kawhi Leonard and with, you know, the, the Raptors had this load management schedule last year, and I think, I believe he only played about 60 games. It's going to be interesting to see how, how that affects the Clippers and the NBA as a whole, honestly. So the, the real question with this game, it comes down to who's going to end up being the king of LA in 2019-20. So it's this first test is on opening night. My prediction is because Paul George won't be playing, the Lakers are going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. I just think the Lakers are going to win this game. Paul George is going to be out, but it'll be fun. I'm excited to get the NBA back on October 22nd will be opening night. 
And the other game on opening night is going to be the new-look New Orleans Pelicans facing the defending champion Toronto Raptors. Last year, the Raptors finished the season second in the East and obviously won the title, defeating the Golden State Warriors in the finals. But as they come back this year, they are going to be a completely different team than what we saw last June. They obviously lost Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers in free agency. They also lost Danny Green to the Lakers. So the question is, are the Raptors still a title contender, or are they just an Eastern Conference playoff team? We'll see as the as the season starts to unfold here in October. They are bringing back Pascal Siakam. He grew by leaps and bounds last year and ended up winning the sixth man of the year. They've got OG Ananobi coming back healthy after he he missed most of the playoffs and all of the finals uh, after going through an appendectomy, I believe it was in the second round. And then obviously they've got franchise cornerstone Kyle Lowry coming back. They'll be an interesting team to watch. As far as the Pelicans go, they missed the playoffs last year after winning 33 games, but they are night and day different from that zombie squad that struggled through the the season last year after Anthony Davis requested a trade in January. You could tell that squad just had no life and and nobody really wanted to be there, it seemed like. They had the uh, ping pong balls bounce their way in the draft lottery, earning the number one pick and the rights to Zion Williamson. Williamson is an otherworldly athlete, but the question I have about him is, is he too big? He's currently listed at 284 pounds been very, very few players that have succeeded in the NBA over 270 pounds. Shaquille O'Neal, you know, an exception, probably the the most successful player over that weight. But it'll be interesting to watch Zion and if he ends up playing at or near that weight or if he tries to shed some pounds at some point in his NBA career. They also had three different first-round picks and a kind of a youth movement, but they brought in some veterans as well. So they selected Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Uh, he was a 17th pick out of Kentucky, and he was a darling of the Las Vegas Summer League, so they have high hopes for him. They also selected Jackson Hayes out of Texas. He's going to be a center, super athletic, rim runner, shot blocker. He's kind of more of a long-term project. They're, they're pretty excited about him. They also brought in veterans Derek Favors from the Jazz via trade and J.J. Redick in free agency. And in the Anthony Davis trade, they, they brought back Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and others, along with all of the picks that they were able to get. So as far as opening night goes, I, I don't see the Pelicans being very good. As the season progresses, I think they're, they're going to get a lot better as things go along, but they should struggle early. So I've got the Raptors winning this game. Welcome back to A Work in Progress. This is your host, Brian Priest. Catch me on Twitter at bpriest24. Today we're covering the NBA and the opening night and Christmas Day games. We just went through the opening night games of the Lakers versus the Clippers and the Pelicans taking on the defending champion Toronto Raptors. So we're going to move on to Christmas Day. The first game we'll cover is the those same New Orleans Pelicans and the Denver Nuggets. Obviously we went over the Pelicans, so I don't need to cover them in great depth again, except that I think they're going to be better on Christmas. Christmas than they are at the start of the season, just because they're so young and they they are going to develop and get better throughout the year. But as far as the Nuggets go, they were second in the West, winning 54 games last season, which going from a non-playoff team to second in the West is a pretty incredible achievement. Nikola Jokic is one hell of a basketball player. They they gained some important experience in the playoffs. They were able to beat the Spurs in the first round, going seven games before they lost to the Portland Trailblazers in seven games in the second round. This 
offseason, they didn't do a whole lot for their roster. They they did trade a first-round pick for Jeremy Grant from Oklahoma City, but they, they've got two of the biggest wild cards in the NBA this year. Seven-foot-two center, Bull Bull, they selected out of Oregon in the second round. Before he got hurt this college season, he was projected as a potential lottery pick. So that's, like I said, that's a wild card there. And then they have last year's first-round pick, Michael Porter Jr., who ended up redshirting last year and didn't play at all. But they, uh, they're really high on him. If he can stay healthy, they, they think the world of Michael Porter Jr. Besides being a junior, he, he has tons of talent. So we'll see what Michael Porter Jr. is able to do. Obviously, I mentioned Nikola Jokic. He's another year smarter and with Jeremy Grant on the back line to help protect him defensively and some of his foot speed shortcomings. I think the Nuggets are going to be even better than that 54-win team last year. Unfortunately, they might not win more games. The West is going to be so tough. They might be the deepest team in the league, but my question is that because they're so deep, are they they going to suffer a little bit from that disease of more? So we'll see. I, my prediction to win this game is is the Nuggets. I, I think the Nuggets are going to be a good team contending for home court advantage, whereas the, the Pelicans are just going to hope to sniff the playoffs and learn, gain some experience this offseason. The next game is the Houston Rockets at Golden State Warriors. Uh, I should specify the, the Lakers and Clippers play again on Christmas Day, just as they did on opening night. I won't preview that game because I, I just don't see a reason to preview those two teams a second time, but my prediction is that the Clippers are going to win this time. I think by that time, Paul George should be back. It's that big moment, and Kawhi and Paul George are going to want to go out and show that they're no longer second rate in that city of Los Angeles. So the Rockets against the Warriors. Last season, the Rockets were the fourth seed in the West. They lost to the Warriors again. This time it was in the second round instead of the conference finals. And Daryl Morey, their general manager, decided it was time to make some changes. So he was able to swing a trade, moving Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook, sending over a few first-round draft picks. And the, the question with the Rockets is, can they be as good with Russell Westbrook running that offense when James Harden is off the floor? And are there enough shots to go around? Personally, I think that they're going to be better with, with Westbrook and more dangerous overall. They're going to play faster. They're going to be more athletic. And if Westbrook and Harden can play together and share the ball effectively, they could be great. Uh, they Frankly, as a Jazz fan, they kind of frightened me. The rest of the team, they, they mostly kept intact. They held on to Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, Danny Green, not Danny Green, Gerald Green, Eric Gordon, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Rockets make some in-season moves either. They did one thing I, I think is kind of underrated, but they brought in Tyson Chandler to sign him as a free agent to back up their all-star or near all-star center Clint Capella. So that's going to give them 48 minutes of strong defense at center, you know, just making things all the more tough. As far as the Warriors go, they were the number one seed in the West last year. Obviously lost to the Raptors in the, in the finals, and then this has been an off-season of change for the Warriors. They lost Kevin Durant, but they were able to get a sign-and-trade done with the Nets for Kevin Durant and get D'Angelo Russell in return. Clay Thompson tore his ACL in the finals, so he's probably going to be out until January, maybe until the All-Star break, if he returns at all this year. I, t- I tend to think Clay Thompson's such a tough dude that he's, he's going to play. No worries there. He'll be back this season, and the Warriors are still going to be tough. Question I have is, with the limited options the Warriors have going into this season, can Steph Curry return to his MVP form with those additional shots he'll be getting that KD's not putting up and the Clay's not putting up? Or will, because he doesn't have Clay on the wing and KD's not out there as a threat, will the extra defensive attention slow Steph Curry down? It'll be interesting to watch. I've seen it before. I wouldn't count Steph out. He's the best shooter in NBA history. He's an incredible ball handler. 
handler and a next-level competitor. So he'll be fun to watch this year, I think. And then we've got a potentially in-shape Draymond Green. We saw the difference he made when he lost 20 pounds midseason last year, and he was able to carry that team defensively, and he's a difference maker that few teams in the league have. So going into next year, the Warriors may be not going to be quite as good as they have been the past five years, but I still think they're going to be great. I still think they're going to contend for home court throughout the playoffs all year. And in this game, Warriors-Rockets on Christmas Day, as it sits right now, I'm going to pick the Warriors to win that game. Next up, we've got the Boston Celtics facing the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. Again, we already covered the Raptors earlier in the podcast, so I won't go over them in great detail. I think that GM Masai Ujiri is going to make some decisions the first couple months of the year, and if they come out and struggle... I wouldn't be surprised to see Ujiri make some trades, maybe try and move Kyle Lowry, start building around Pascal Siakam and bring some picks in. If they come out and they play well, then it's going to be that same Raptors team facing the Celtics. As far as the Celtics go last year, they finished fourth in the East and lost in the second round to the Bucks. I, I would say that the Celtics are a classic case of addition by subtraction. Or what, uh, if anybody familiar with the Ringer and Bill Simmons, you've probably heard of the Ewing theory. That theory is that sometimes you can lose your best player in air quotes, um, your most talented player, but you you actually improve because of you know a variety of factors. In Kyrie's case, I, I would say the Celtics will improve because of locker room chemistry improving. It's hard to put into to words how how disruptive Kyrie Irving was to that team last year. So they the Celtics did sign Kemba Walker to replace Kyrie, and they're going to hand the keys to the team over to young young players Jason Tatum and. Jay- Jalen Brown. I love both of those players. For as much praise as Jason Tatum gets, I think Jalen Brown might end up being a better overall player. With this team, defense is going to be a question mark, especially at the center position after losing Al Horford and Aaron Baines. Uh, They replaced Al Horford in the starting lineup with Ennis Cantor, who isn't exactly known for his defense. So it'll be interesting to watch this, but I've got the Celtics winning this game on Christmas Day. And the last game we'll talk about today is the Milwaukee Bucks defending number one seed facing the Philadelphia 76ers. Last year, the Bucks finished first in the NBA, obviously first in East. They won 60 games. They were bounced in the conference finals by the eventual champion Toronto Raptors. They've got MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo, who this offseason, you know, after winning an MVP, claimed that he's only reached 70% of his ceiling. So that's pretty terrifying. As far as the rest of the roster goes, they lost Malcolm Brogdon in free agency. He signed with the Indiana Pacers, but they were able to retain the services of Chris Middleton to a near-max deal, and they brought back Brooke Lopez at center. So they've still got shooters all around the roster, and that that's going to give Giannis more room to roam. He gets to pick his spots. He can go to the basket, and if Giannis can develop a three-point shot, then he might be right about that 70%. What is really important for the for the Bucks this season, based on what's been happening in, in the NBA the last few seasons, is Giannis has two years left before free agency, and it's it's going to be fun to watch what the Bucks do. They're going to need to prove that they can build a contender around him and put together a team that is worth staying in Milwaukee for. I think Giannis is the type of guy that can thrive in a small market like Milwaukee and doesn't need the glitz and glamour of a big city like New York and L.A., 
But you never know. I think people were saying the same thing about Kawhi Leonard five years ago, too. So things can change quickly in the league. As far as the 76ers go, they finished last season third in the East, lost to the Raptors in the second round. Um, we've seen a lot of change to the Sixers roster since they were eliminated by the... haven't heard this a lot, but it, I think it's an interesting note that it was the only series-winning Game 7 buzzer beater in NBA history when Kawhi Leonard hit that jumper to beat the 76ers. They lost Jimmy Butler in free agency to the Heat and J.J. Redick to the Pelicans. They were able to re-sign Tobias Harris to a max deal and they brought in Al Horford. So defensively, they're going to make some big improvements with Horford coming in. They do have two big questions in my mind. Can Joel Embiid get his weight under control and be the dominant center that his skills would allow him to be? And can Ben Simmons ever have something resembling a jump shot? Even a 15-footer. I'm not even looking for a three-point shot. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I think Ben Simmons is always is going to be one of those guys we always look at and go, oh, what if? But as far as this game goes, I've got the Bucks winning, and that is it as a little primer for your NBA Christmas Day and opening night games. This is episode four of A Work in Progress with your host, Brian Priest. Thanks for tuning in. Find me on Twitter at bpriest24, and look for our NFL Over Under podcast also being released this week. Thanks for joining. Oh, thank you.